0: Good afternoon and welcome to the channel final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield quick out, shout out to chad moyer thanks for filling in for me last week chad while i was on vacation unfortunately i came back with not a pretty picture in these markets so i do apologize ahead of time because we definitely saw some big drops taking place in our livestock trade lower numbers as well taking place in the grains but a lot of reasons that are being factored into this including some outside market influence we'll talk about this back and forth of the marketplace today with my Mike Zuzalo. Mike is with Global Commodity Analytics and I think that's probably the best place to start, Mike, is we just are on a kind of a seesaw action going on with these markets as of late.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Susan, you bring up something really important that I initially maybe wasn't going to touch on, but I think the way you categorize what happened today really does open up the idea of something that I've been talking about with clients and subscribers the past three or four weeks is that in 2023, the fund investor mindset has been one that has, generally speaking, buy proteins and sell grains when it comes to agriculture and that protein market, obviously, including soybeans. And what we've started to see essentially for the last three or four weeks is the beginning of the erosion of that buy protein, sell grain mindset mindset and we had a a brief pause in that when we got the USDA's WASDE numbers and that big cut in world soybean ending stocks um and we also got a pause in that when the cattle market was able to make fresh uh, all-time highs in the uh, in the futures led by the cash market here just a couple two three and a half weeks ago um but overall the big picture trend continues to be instead of buying dips the protein market is starting to sell rallies. And I would say that we're probably starting to see also this mindset develop in the grains where instead of um, selling rallies, we're starting to buy dips. And I think this goes back to the shifting of the outside markets and the macro fundamentals that we probably don't have a lot of time to talk about on this uh, channel, Final Bell. But something that I think producers and ranchers maybe wanna give some extra consideration to because while the cattle market, for instance, uh, could be just something that needed to be factored in because of the negative cattle on feed numbers, and especially the fact that the on feed numbers are going above last year's levels, um, it could also be a situation where the trade has priced in a lot of anticipation for continued strong demand, and they're not getting that as much, and so by default with with weakening demand, the supply side is going up as well. So it's something to really consider as we see the beans go through the thirteen dollar level um, for essentially a second day in a row and and after testing thirteen dollars in the November both last night and early this morning. Um, and we also see the cattle market, you know, start to break into some very key support levels.
0: Well you know and I think you bring up an interesting point because we've known um for a long time, these markets are intertwined, but it seems as of late, we've seen some more tight movement between what happens in the grains and how it's infecting the, the livestock, and I mean infecting sometimes, and, and vice versa.
1: Yeah, yeah, we really have, and we have a brand new fundamental out there that goes back to today's trade as well, and that is the crude oil market. It's interesting that the grains and soybeans, um, led by the soybean oil, led by the canola oil, which was both of them were down... Um, two, almost 3%, helped by the fact that the crude oil market was down as we went on the air about uh, 3%, while the Bitcoin futures were rallying almost 5%. We, we see a shifting of what the safe haven assets that we thought of last week, i.e. the crude oil and the dollar, are no longer safe haven assets. And it's almost as though the trade has walked away from the idea that the Middle East is going to have problems at this stage. And it really is reminiscent of Russia and Ukraine and what has been happening there, especially in the last six months since we essentially got ready for our Northern Hemisphere harvest, brought on new supplies, but also took the market down to two-plus-year lows on the idea that we're going to see continued uh, improvement in Russia and Ukraine. And honestly, nothing further could be from the truth. And I think this is where the crude oil market to me is still poised to go sharply higher because history would suggest that this Middle Eastern conflict, coupled with inflation, coupled with high interest rates, is very similar to the late 70s and early 80s. And and that history would suggest that this is just phase one of the move in the crude oil market because these geopolitical factors are likely to boil over again, like they oftentimes do when that Arab nationalism increases. And so I think a week from today, you and I could be talking about, if we were on together um, on the final bell, talking about completely different fundamentals, in part because of the crude oil market uh, rocketing higher potentially because of the geopolitics. We're just not putting risk premium into these markets like we used to, and that, again, goes back to how the funds trade.
0: And the concern that's there too, and I've heard of a little bit of rumblings on social media, concerns about, about fertilizer prices as well as a lock-in, whether it's their fuel use for 24 or what they're going to need for fertilizer because of everything that's happening globally.
1: Yeah, very timely question. I just made the recommendation about a week, week and a half ago to get the uh, winter and early spring fuel needs locked in. I just did a part one of a special client-only webinar um, talking about the Federal Reserve talking about China and talking about the Middle East and how those three factors are probably going to dictate the majority of our price action. And with the pullback in the physical markets for uh for the the fertilizer, especially the anhydrous, I think it's time to go ahead and, and make the recommendation for clients and subscribers to get those locked in at this point, because we we have essentially not put any new oil rigs on the market since the beginning of 2023. We've, in fact, net-net lost oil rig count, and we're still sitting around 500, and that's about 120 less than before, right before the COVID pandemic hit. And-
0: All right. Well, stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. It's the Channel Final Bell on the World Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge, but with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. Welcome back to the channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation this afternoon with Mike Zuzlow. Of course, Mike is with Global Commodity Analytics. And an interesting trade day in itself. As we talked on the front half, all the global effects that were happening. And and Mike did briefly mention the cattle on feed report of Friday. I kind of wanted to re-talk uh, a little bit about that. Obviously, the report comes out after the markets close. Today, not a beautiful day for either live or feeder cattle.
1: No, and I, I don't want to scare anybody that's listening, but I think it is a wake-up call because what we're coming off of at this point, Susan, I would liken it to this, a similarity to having $8 or $8.50 corn and then getting a, a a drought of breaking rain, much like we did in the later part of June this past year, um, and, and the market having anticipated a lot of bullishness. Um And I say that because the Catalan feed report really did come in with an excess amount of supply, and so we can talk about the funds and how they've positioned themselves on the long side of the protein market like we did in the first segment, but there's also those fundamentals that are creeping in as well with a you know very strong dollar. We can look forward to more imports uh Australia for one is is salivating at the mouth right now to get more beef imports into the United States um the the cattle on feed report and the top three cattle on feed october one top three states up four percent in both kansas and texas up seven percent in nebraska which makes sense from a standpoint of that's where the best bids have been these three states you know make up almost 70 percent of the total we're dealing with now 11.6 million head on feed as of the first of this month compared to 11.5 last year on october 1st and so those kind of fundamentals, along with the export sales and beef, which were a marketing year low, you can't get around that the fact that we're starting to see a shift. And this is why I think these protein longs against these grain shorts are unwinding that sentiment spread or that mindset. I'll throw one other thing at you, too. There's a really good article that was done by one of my favorite economists last week, and he made mention that a private institute that he follows – Um, is showing that the average maturity on the U.S. federal debt, what our government has to pay itself back and pay the open market, um, is only 76 months. And in other words, what that means is we're coming up against a wall of debt that we've got to pay back that we probably borrowed at two, three percent interest rates. And now we're going to have to come back and borrow at five, six, seven percent interest rates. And I saw another statistic this week where subprime auto loans, the delinquency, um, of 60 days and on out on paying those loans has hit now a 30-year high based upon Fitch, who did the study. These things all work in the mechanics of the consumption and the equities markets. And what the Cattle on Feed Report did to us last week is it put more burden on the equities, put more burden on the currencies, put more burden on the hog markets to sustain these values. And I think the natural question that I've been getting from cattlemen, and rightfully so, is, yeah, but our supplies are going down. Well, I can tell you that between the fourth quarter beef production in 2014 and the first quarter beef production in 2015, we lost 6% in production, but that did not stop the fat cattle from going down 18.5% from their October high to their Jan 15 low, or the feeders from going down almost 21.5%. From their October high from their to their February low. So we've got to realize this is like $8 corn and this is a very anticipatory market. And then we throw on top of that the funds and that multiplier effect that they can put give us in the futures market. So just please consider that after today's big route on very heavy volume.
0: So what are you hearing about consumer attitude right now and watching those pocketbooks as they head to the stores?
1: Yeah, right now the, the, the Tysons and the, and the, uh, producers of meat are seeing better profits, but not because of volume sales. Those are actually lower. It's because they've raised prices to keep their uh, margins. Um, it, it's worth noting that I think we're now at six uh, poultry plants that have been sh- uh, shuttered or idled at this point to tighten up the supply instead of lower prices to increase demand. And I'm very nervous about a confluence, a coming together of very tight meat supplies with a very indebted consumer. And instead of the consumer just gently letting down in terms of consumption and buying at restaurants and changing his diet, that all of a sudden we'll see a very quick and rapid shift by that consumer. And what I'm getting at is we don't know which is going to happen, but it is like $8 corn in these cattle markets, even after today's after today's break to the downside it's still an elevated price and if you're profitable why wouldn't you want to hedge just because of these factors that we're dealing with and you throw on top of that the crude oil market what if we go to 120 dollars crude oil and the funds see that as a way to shock the equities markets lower and also shock the cattle lower and we go below where we should go
0: all right what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you
1: Well, I'm not sure I will want to after that, talking (laughs) about that with the cattle. The best way is globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two M's research.com.
0: All right. That is today's channel. Final bell being brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professional on the World Radio Network.